0: Are now, listening to Pursuit Cast, the official podcast of Pursuit NYC, may it be an encouragement to you today and stir your soul for revival. Hey everyone, it's me, Sam, back again with another episode of Pursuit Cast. And uh, today, we have a very special guest, a personal hero of mine, and uh, someone whose journey has really uh, encouraged my own and uh, it's an honor to welcome the founder and director and uh, lead pastor
1: of Jesus Culture Banning. Hey Banning how are you? I'm so good thanks for having me come on. Listen I'm a words of affirmation guy so uh my, ta- <laughs> my tank is listen we're like 30 seconds in and I'm already feeling encouraged to my tank my words of affirmation tank. Amen. is
0: full. Come on come on well thank you so much for taking time. Uh, of your from your busy schedule to just hop on here and and hang out with us.
1: Absolutely, man. I love to sit down and just talk. Life and leadership and revival. It's my favorite. Come on. Um
0: so I think I just want to start off by asking you about the, you know, kind of the origin story of Jesus culture, because I'm sure people now, you know, they see the albums, they see the conferences, they see all those things, but I don't think a lot of people know like the origin story, the
1: beginning story, and I was wondering if you could kind of share how it all started. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I'm 42 years old, so uh, I give that context. I guess I'll turn 43 in a couple months, uh, because when I was 19, I came on staff at Bethel Church. I was an intern and uh, was an associate youth pastor. Then I became the youth pastor at 21, Mm -hmm. and uh, Bethel Church in Reading. So I um, came on staff. And uh, it was just youth pastoring. We were going after God and just pursuing him. And as a youth group, not knowing what I was doing, was really young, but just passionate about revival and God and believing God for our city and a a generation to be awakened. And, uh, you know, during that time, we had some great people with us. You know, I don't know how much you would know about our world, but Chris Kilala is one of our main worship leaders. Mm -hmm. He was so he's 36. I think he was like 12 when I started (laughs) a middle school kid. And um he was in my wedding when he was 14 years old. He was 14 wow. years old. He was in my wedding. He was kind of one of my, he was my first ever spiritual son. And then Kim, Kim, who's probably 37 now, she had just turned 18, just got saved and moved to Reading, got involved in our youth group. So they were there, another girl named Melissa and uh, other leaders, um, you know, one of the key, the keyboard player for us, Ian, he was a freshman. So there was just this group that had yeah. kind of. Aaron, we're going after God, and then in 1999, we thought, man, we should do a youth conference for other people, other youth groups who are going after Jesus too. And so we put on a youth conference in 1999, and we started just recognizing the worship. Man, there was something on the worship, and so in 2005, we decided to just kind of try to record a CD. We didn't even know what we were doing, but we did. You know, we recorded a mm-hmm. CD. And in 2006, we decided to record a DVD, and then we started to take the conferences out. We're like, let's go do a conference in um, Atlanta, and so we found some church that like let us use their gym, and we mm-hmm. borrowed some par cans and did a conference. And I think probably 2006 or seven, and then uh, that's man it just took off from there. You know, just started going around different different England and Australia and all over America. And, and doing campus stuff and just believing God for a generation to experience revival and all a ton of prophetic words that he was speaking to us. And so that's kind of the origin. And then a couple of years ago, we decided to pick up that whole crew, a lot of them still intact and still together, pick up that whole crew and move to Sacramento and start a church. So that's wow. kind of, I don't know if that answers it, but that's kind of the story. Yeah, that's great.
0: And I think um, I kind of want to focus on the beginning stages of it all. And and I think people know you guys and see you on social media and all that and see the influence you have. But, I mean, if you could go back, what would be something you would tell yourself as you're launching this youth conference and doing things you don't know how to do? Well,
1: so, so much. Uh, That's a great question you asked because I'm torn. Um, some of it would be personal leadership, my own personal life, and then organizationally, you know, we don't know what we're doing half the time. So you're just doing the best you can to follow Jesus. A lot of people ask, mm-hmm. like, how'd you get where you got? like, And I'm like, well, I'd love to tell you it was some strategic plan. But the only plan that we had was what's Jesus telling us to do and let's do that. And so it was very much we would just take one step and then another step forward and then another step forward but i think that i would go back probably and really go okay what i'm building right now is going to be the structure that we live in in 10 years wow so is it a good structure and and i and i would uh, in some areas i would build for the long term more than the short term or i would be more aware i would just be more aware of the fact that whatever i'm setting up right now is what's going to be set up in 5 years whatever whatever str- whatever organizational seeds I'm planting, that's the fruit we're gonna be eating from. So, yeah. but it's hard to know that. Well, you can talk, talk to people, they definitely will help you walk through that. But I think just being more intentional about, I need to make sure that we are healthy organizationally, because if we're not, those things are gonna pop up, not now, but in five years, eight years, 10 years. Mm-hmm.
0: What, what, were, what would be some of the structures then, if I could ask you, that you were like, these are the pillars that are non-negotiable. These are the musts as we're starting and navigating a young ministry.
1: Yeah, well, health. Are you guys, are you healthy? Is your environment healthy? Is it dysfunctional? Are people connected? Do they feel like they can have their walls down? I think for me, I was pushing so hard in some areas, and we were seeing things happen. So, people are coming. We're pushing hard. But there was still a lot of dysfunction on our team. There was still a lot of unhealthy things. And I kind of would make excuses for it or think it's gonna get better. but I, I, I now as i as we've gotten older and further down the road, I legitimately um I mean this, like we filled up, you know, we'll go, we went and did allstate arena with fourteen thousand, and we're out on the road, and thousands are coming to our gatherings. I would rather have small gatherings. And a healthy team, yeah. Than large gatherings and an unhealthy team. So yeah. I would rather have a team and an environment that is that is th- that is you know the anxiety is low, the connection is high, people enjoy being with one another. Um, you know, I would rather have that environment than and and actually have smaller things happening, yeah. Then been in an environment that's high anxiety, low connection, but but a lot of people are coming. So I, I think, you know, if you just take time, I think sometimes we go too fast, like slow down and make sure that you're actually focusing on, I would say, the health of your structure, the health of your systems, the health of your staff, what we would call the inner world. Your organization or your ministry has an inner world. This means that it's the secret life that nobody else sees. So just like you don't see my walk with the Lord, you don't see my secret life with Jesus, that's my inner world, an organization has the same thing. So is your staff connected? Are they healthy? Are people growing? What's the culture you've established? Those are all things that nobody sees. And you can get away with it for a while, but you gotta, you know, if you can... Make sure, in the early days, you're putting more focus on that. Put more focus on the internal world than the external world, and let the external world take care of itself.
0: Oh, that's so good. for For yourself, um, as you have navigated leadership from the beginning stages to now, um, you know how do you protect your own spiritual health, your own you know non-negotiables, your own inner world then you know, what are the things that you know you fight for on the daily for that?
1: Um, It's a tough one. You're asking me that in a tough season too. You know, it's different, man. You have kids. Um, I think ultimately the ultimate goal is that you're with Jesus. We have a concept. Again, listen, I'm a daily devotional type guy. I have a high value for that. And, and I think Jesus consistently was separating himself to be alone with the father. So, so I love, so I'm, I'm with you on that. But I think the ultimate goal is that I'm walking with Jesus uh, every moment. Yeah. And yeah. so it, like sometimes I think we think the goal is I got to get that 30 minutes or half hour which I think you do but even that is to get us to a place where our heart is alive and connected every minute. Yeah. And so and the, and and then for me it's a harder question to answer because every season looks different. When I was younger I didn't think there were seasons like this. But but you know when I had when I was youth pastoring and I had one kid who slept in, like my my prayer life looked differently than when I had a bunch of little kids and, and work was this, or now that I'm older, it just is different. So I think you just have to, the non-negotiable has to be that I want to grow in my relationship with the Lord, that I want to have a secret life with him, that I want to have a prayer life. You can keep those things in and just say, what does that look like in this season? Then you'll be all right.
0: Yeah, that's good. I think um, I heard another mentor say a lot of his journey with the with the Lord is meant to be descriptive rather than prescriptive. You know? I love it. Yes.
1: Yeah. Because if we don't, what happens is we're constantly trying to get back to some other season. So when I first was going after God, it looked like a certain thing. Then I spend the rest of my life and then seasons shift. And I spend the rest of my life trying to because I now think that that my relationship with the Lord looks like this. And and God's like, no, come on, like let's go let's go on a journey together. What does it look like right now? What does it look like in your stage of life right now? What is it, you know? So yes, I love that. That's a great definition.
0: Yeah, it's so good. Um, just in your own journey with the Lord and 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 leading and 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 family and all these different things. Um, How would you say you've navigated disappointment? You know, because we've we've seen, you know, at least Jesus culture, we've seen it on the platform, we've seen the the fruit, but I'm sure on your in your own personal life, as the leader, as the visionary, you have faced disappointments, and you know how have you navigated those things in your walk with the Lord?
1: Yeah, well, I think that it um, disappointments is a big topic, but I think that when I face disappointments, it has to bring me back to what I'm actually going after. Most of the disappointments in our life are based around things didn't work out like I thought, uh, or they haven't happened as fast or whatever else. Like there were dreams in my heart, there were desires in my heart, and it didn't work out like I thought. But I think that in those times you have to, now and there, there are a lot of different disappointments. I mean, people have lost people. Um, you know, so, so there. But, but for me, with some of the disappointments that I faced, it, it really gets me back to going like, what's my goal? My goal. I am in pursuit of Jesus. I'm not in pursuit of a dream. I'm not in pursuit of something has to happen in my life unless I'm not fulfilled. I am fulfilled in Jesus. My identity is in Jesus. And there's never a time when I'm coming to Jesus and he's not there. There's never a time when I've wanted to grow in God and he hasn't let me, um, you know, he's never let me down. And so sometimes when we're disappointed, when I face disappointment, something didn't work like I thought or um, I desire something and it's not happening or whatever else it is. Honestly, for me, they're they're kind of times where I can reset. And just say, God, I am in pursuit of you, and I am satisfied in you. I don't need something else to be satisfied and fulfilled. Wow. Because you're all I need. You're all I need. And if you want these other things to happen, that's great. But they're not my identity, and they're not where I find fulfillment, security. So there's a ton of stuff that hasn't worked out for us. A ton of stuff that hasn't worked out for us. A ton of tough roads. But it's always that time to kind of get recalibrated. Then, on the flip side, what I
0: would love to ask you is you know, I'm sure you've seen God do above and beyond, like all that you can ask or imagine, you know. And if I'm honest, as someone who's, you know, following Jesus, pursuing Jesus, you know, humbling myself, keeping my ambition in check. Um but at the same time I can be honest and say, man, if I could get a conference with X amount of people or do this or that, like I would feel like, or if I see, you know, this amount of miracles or healings, then then you feel like, man, I made it. Um but in a lot of ways I guess we can say that you as a leader has quote unquote made it. What keeps you hungry? You know, what keeps you going after Jesus uh, in the face of success
1: then uh honestly it, it, uh, um, you're using the word success and in the right context but i would put air quotes around it yeah for sure it's just it's, it's just not what i'm in pers- I, that's uh, you have to redefine success hmm. so what keeps me hungry is i i you know there's a verse i i could find it for you there's a verse in colossians so what is success you have to define success in your life and if success is a certain amount of people getting in a room um or the lack of success is a certain amount of people not in a room you're just up and down and you you know you're you're just not going to stay hungry but if success is listen i was just reading colossians it says this that you may walk worthy of the lord fully pleasing him being yeah, fruitful yeah. In every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, that's what I'm hungry for. Wow. I'm hungry to increase in the knowledge of God. I'm hungry to be fully pleasing to Him. So, have I arrived? Nope. <laughs> like, like I am pleasing to Him, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I want my life to be pleasing to Him. I want to know Him more. I want to bear fruit. So. You know, you stay hungry because you just have a different definition of success than what everybody else does.
0: Yeah, that's good. I love it. Um, I just kind of want to pivot here and uh, talk to you about revival. I know that you said that's something you're passionate about. Absolutely. Um, And and, uh, our whole vision statement is revival or bust. Uh, You know, we're not after a good meeting. We're not after a good time. uh, But we just want God to do what only God can do. Uh, so you could get the glory for it, and uh, I, I know that term revival can be loaded. I know it's widespread, but I would love to hear uh, your own personal working definition.
1: Yes, well, so my definition would be that revival is um, it is a move of the Spirit of God, marked by the power and presence of God. So it's a move of the Holy Spirit, marked by the power and presence of God that awakens the church to a greater passion for Jesus and his cause in the earth where the lost are saved and culture is transformed. Wow. So that's uh, I kind I, that's what I've written out. Be, I mean, I know it, but that's what I've written out is I'm trying to explain to our church. But it would be, it's a move of the Holy Spirit that's marked by his presence and power that awakens the church both to Jesus, to love him more, and then in turn, his cause in the earth, which is people getting saved and culture being transformed. So that that's what I, but it is marked first and foremost by his presence. Yeah.
0: And, you know, how would you say then, as a leader, you're trying to, you know, as you share, that's what you're pushing to your congregation, your your local church context. You know, how do you get people to realize, man, that is revival. That's what we need. Like, how do you help people? To get that revelation for themselves.
1: They gotta have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You know, mm-hmm. the more that you can get them in the Word, the more we're constantly trying to push people to three things: the presence of God, the Word of God, and the family of God. So if they can have encounters, this is what we're this is what we're alive for. This is what we are made for, you know. So if I could just introduce them to the Holy Spirit and if the, and, and to the Word of God. They they really are. Uh, it really will awaken something inside of them. It will awaken something inside of them. And that's that's what we're going after.
0: How, how do you as a leader go after the revival first?
1: Yeah, well, I, in, in my prayer, t- in my, in, you know, in my prayer closet, in my prayer time, trying to stay in that place before the Lord where my heart is tender and alive to what he's doing in the earth and what he intends to do so it it would uh, probably that way yeah and i and reading on it too honestly stay in a position where um i'm just trying to stay in touch with what god has done in the earth through current testimonies um through current testimonies but also past stories yeah
0: i mean I think recently for myself, you know, in the same way of just trying to go back and be a student of revival, be a student of, of of how God moved in the past. And and us being here in New York City, I think one of the stories that has really marked my heart is the, the Fulton Street Revival, led by uh, Jeremiah Lanphier, the Noonday Prayer Movement. Absolutely. And, uh, and uh, one of the things I felt like I had to do in that was... Uh, repent, to be honest, because I was like, oh man, we got to do a noonday prayer meeting. We just got to copy what they did, and then God was like, you're looking at it the wrong way. You're you're just trying to copy what they did so you could copy the results. But He He was asking me to look at the heart of it, you know, the spirit behind what made him do that, rather than just doing the same thing. And, and I kind of feel like you're you're sharing that with us here in in seasons and and what God is doing and following that instead of. Copying. You
1: know? Yeah, no, I love that. I'll just say yes and amen to that right there. What's <laughs> not, because what it is is we're trying to ask, what is God doing today? Mm. We can be inspired by what he did yesterday. We can learn by what he did yesterday, but we want to know what's he doing today. I want to follow him today. And um and, and that requires relationship and doing what you're doing. Awesome. Well, as we wrap
0: up, I want to ask you some rapid fire questions if that's okay. all right with you. Absolutely. Uh, uh, what's What's the book that's been just rocking your world these days?
1: Oh, man, that's a great question. I'm reading, uh, it's actually a trilogy. It's Francis Schaefer mm-hmm. has a trilogy book that's three of his books in one. So I don't even know what the three books are called. I just know that they put three books into one. So mm-hmm. Francis Schaefer, I've really loved it. Like it was written in the 60s, 70s and 80s, but so so relevant for today in all that we're navigating with secularism and in the church so that one for sure awesome uh what's
0: the the worship song that's on repeat right now
1: for you yeah shane and shane's psalm 46 okay <laughs> awesome and uh, one last
0: one real quick um uh, what do you think i know you're a big sacramento kings fan You think they'll make the the playoffs
1: this year? I think we have a six-game home stretch that started last night and we won the first game. I think if we make the playoffs, these next 10 games or so are going to be really important. And I think that not only will we have to win, I think these next 10 games we're going to have to do well, but also we're going to have to have some other teams not do well. (laughs) the west is so strong you know we seventh seed in the east right now at 20 we're 26 and 25 i think Mm -hmm. we'd be the seventh seed right now in the east but we're not in the east we're in the west and in the west just a little over 500 doesn't get you in the playoffs so uh you know it's I, i there's a possibility that we could compete for that eighth spot but it's it's a little bit of a long stretch but but listen, the fact that we are even having that conversation in Sacramento makes us happy. We have Come not on. had the conversation that we're even in the mix for a long time. Amen. That, that's progress. So all the listeners start praying for Fox. Yes. Field right now. Yes. <laughs> our boy, Justin Jackson, too. Justin yeah. Jackson, he's a strong believer, loves Jesus. There's quite a few on the team that actually are, are, are believers. But Justin, you all should go follow Justin Jackson. Give him a shout out. Awesome. And
0: um, yeah, so thank you so much for your time, for hanging out with us, uh, sharing your heart, your wisdom. Um, How can our listeners connect with you online, with with your ministry? Uh, What are some handles and links and stuff like that?
1: Well, uh, all my social media is The Banning and uh, just JesusCulture.com. That has the rest. So JesusCulture.com and then social media, The Banning. Awesome.
0: So we'll have all the links um, available too. But uh, once again, thank you so much. We appreciate you. We thank you. And uh, thanks to all of our listeners. Thank you for listening to Pursuit Cast. For more information on the Ministry of Pursuit NYC, please visit us on the web at www.pursuitnyc.org. Revival or bust?